Welcome to The Corporate Coven, a podcast that explores the intersection of mysticism and the modern workplace. On this show, we discuss how to bring your spiritual craft and practice into the workplace. We'll talk to people who have found ways to include ritual and spirituality into their everyday work and hear from experts on the topics of how to stay spiritually connected while managing the demands of the modern workplace. Our host, Jessica, is a certified career counselor, HR outlaw, and vocational astrologer. If you've ever wondered how to bring your spiritual practice into the workplace, this podcast is for you. Join us as we radically transform workplaces to be a little more magical. What's up, witches? Welcome back to another episode of the Corporate Coven podcast. This episode is going to be another in a series of episodes where I talk about each of the zodiac signs and how that energy can be expressed, embodied, and honored in the workplace. And today we're going to be talking about the zodiac sign Aquarius. If this is your first time listening to one of these episodes, just know that I have a handful of them published on the Corporate Coven podcast, so you're going to want to go through my episode list and go find some of the others. But a little bit of how I structure these episodes is talking about the um, foundational principles of the zodiac sign and then identifying bodies of work, specific tasks or behaviors, which can support the energetic expression of the zodiac sign. And then I like to correlate it to one of the 34 signature themes in the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment. Last year in 2022, I offered these strengths in the natal chart readings to clients. I'm going to bring that back this year because they were super popular and it was really fun for me as well to build custom and unique professional development plans as well as identify upcoming transits, which would allow and open up the opportunity for my clients to express these strengths in really meaningful ways with their teams. Last year, though, in 2022, this was just a one-off reading, and they were about two hours long, and folks really enjoyed them. I got a lot of positive feedback, but both the clients and I felt like we wanted more from that experience. And so in 2023, this is going to be offered exclusively to a specific group in my membership plan, and it will be a full-on coaching experience. So if you're interested in that and curious about it, head to my website and keep an eye on my socials, on my Instagram or my TikTok, because I'll be announcing more of that coming forward. And then something that I'm going to do on this episode is I'm also going to bring in a few chart examples of individuals who have really strong Aquarian placements. Um, and have been elevated or seen in a really public way through expressing that Aquarian energy in their chart. So let's get into it. Aquarius is an interesting sign because it's one of them similar to Pisces as well as Scorpio, where we see that there is a traditional planetary ruler as well as a modern planetary ruler. And just like I did with the other episodes, I'm going to talk about both. I am a traditional astrologer, and so if you've had readings with me, then you know that I'm going to be looking primarily to Saturn as the ruler of Aquarius in your chart. The modern ruler is Uranus, and I think that it makes a lot of sense where that connection and correlation comes from. And so I'm going to introduce a little bit of that into this episode as well. So Aquarius is an air sign. It's a fixed air sign. 
And so we think about with all of the air signs, and I've talked about this on the Libra at work episode as well, all of the air signs are going to connect us to themes about like bringing up our ideas, sharing and connecting with other people. And I use this example as the idea that when we want to speak, when we want to communicate and convey our idea and how we are feeling, then to actually create sound, air has to brush up against our vocal cords. And this is how we go through the process of sharing ideas. There's also this concept of needing to be in a close proximity or like being next to people. Like we share ideas with other people. In Gemini, this is very interpersonal and you're going to be really, really close to someone, right? In Libra, this is a little bit broader of a community. And so you're going to maybe think about like one-on-one partners or more intimate groups and vulnerable sharing. In Aquarius, this is more of like a, you could say transpersonal sign. This is more about how you communicate with large groups of people. This is how you share really big ideas in a way that spans across boundaries or, you know, state lines or country lines or something like that. Think about like really broad messages. And this is where I think that the correlation to Uranus as a planetary ruler makes a lot of sense because when we think about technological advances, a lot of people place this specifically with Aquarius, but this is actually also a very Uranian concept. And we've seen the ability to create massive global communities using technology such as social media, TikTok, but also emailing, podcasting, um, publishing videos on the internet. The internet itself is a very Uranian and you could say Aquarian thing because it has changed the way that we communicate and convey our ideas and build community around our belief systems and our ideals. All of the air signs also have this this thing with equality in partnership. And this is represented really easily with Gemini and Libra because the actual like symbol of the zodiac sign in Gemini are the twins. There's inherent duality built into the expression of Gemini. In Libra, we see the scales. And again, there's this obvious duality and it's even more clear that there is a pri- like a priority for balance in the zodiac sign. In Aquarius, this is a little bit less obvious because it's represented by the water bearer. And actually a lot of people assume that Aquarius is a water sign because aqua, water, right? And so the symbol of an individual pouring water into an ocean or into a river has more to do with pouring out your ideas into the river of consciousness, um, into more of like a broader body. And if you think again, we've talked about this on previous episodes, water is what you pour things into to create a solution, to create one. You put in a lot of little elements into a pot of water and it becomes one soup or one sauce or something along those lines. And so think about the idea of when you pour your ideas, when you pour your beliefs, when you pour your thoughts into something, into you know the universal oneness, the cosmic oneness that we are, Aquarius has this idealistic perspective of one global community, right? We are one group of people. And yes, we can be broken down into um, factions of some kind. You know, we are part of families, we're part of organizations, we're part of states, we're part of countries. We have a lot of different identities which can separate us and create boundaries and borders. But ultimately, Aquarius believes in the collective body of people living as one. And there is this 
desire for harmony, not necessarily in the sense of Libra, where we all get along and we all like respect and honor each other's opinions. In Aquarius, it's more about like, you know, everyone deserves to be here and we, we might need to make some hard decisions on how to make it a more equitable experience. And it's really not about equality. It's about equity with Aquarius. And some of the keywords that we would use for Aquarian nature would be things like progressive, future oriented, creatively contributing in some way to designing the future. And this is again, where we think obviously about like the tech sector or something like that. It's, it's most obviously expressed in that way, but it's not exclusive. We also think about the concept of like work environments that work to improve community living, for example. And so a lot of like nonprofit or mm, like humanitarian efforts. Um, I'm thinking of like an example that comes to mind is like Doctors Without Borders, this idea of like breaking down existing structures to go in and, and to create social change in some way. The thing about Aquarian nature as well is that it's the it's writing like the polarity between being an individual and having the freedom to do your own thing and to innovate in your space to kind of like discover uncharted territory if you will but it's also definitely about respecting what's there and i think about a quote and i'm gonna like just paraphrase because i'm not gonna look it up but it's something like i think they quote like picasso and it's that you have to know the rules like an expert so you can break them like an artist and that's really what i think of with aquarian nature in the workplace setting you're going to feel you're going to feel aquarius coming in because they are going to be, be the people who come forward and say, Hey, your employee, this is actually a personal story. Okay. So, um, I'm an Aquarius rising. I have my Venus in Aquarius as well in my first house. And so anywhere that I work, I always check the dress code. And this would be true if I worked in HR or if I didn't work in HR, but I always check the dress code because I want to know, like, how do I get to show up and express myself in my own unique way in the workplace? And I'm that person who will read every single policy right? Because I want to understand exactly what are my limits to my own personal expression here. And so Aquarius energy is an employee coming to you saying, Hey, I read your dress code and it's a little outdated and people wear brightly colored fingernail polish. Nowadays, women don't wear nylons anymore. And they might, you know, this was an example. This actually happened to me in the workplace. My leaders, when I brought that to their attention, they said, oh, well, we just have that there, but we don't really like do anything with it. And I was like, no, you need to modernize your dress code. Like this is really out of date and you can't hold people accountable and you can't create like an actual inclusive environment unless you have documentation that accurately reflects the culture of the organization. And so this needs to be updated. Otherwise we'll never be able to hold anyone to it. And that is very much Aquarian of like, I know what the rules are and I have respect for the fact that governance does need to exist in order to create these equitable environments. Again, we think about like, what are the rules of engagement, but it's not to be restrictive. It's actually to update it, to modernize it. So that's actually reflective of inclusive environments and what they look like today. And so Aquarians are going to come forward and they're going to encourage you to change your perspective, to open up the horizons, to update the bylaws, to redesign something of some capacity, but they're not going to do it in just a flippant creative way. Like 
there's this fixed quality with the air where they're able to root themselves down into something. And because it's air sign, it's like an idea or a belief system. Like this is so true to my value system. This is so core to my belief that I've done my homework on it. I've really like dug in my heels here and I've prioritized becoming an expert of some kind in this ideology. And now I'm coming forward and encouraging you to change your ways or to change your perspective, to innovate or reform of some kind. You can imagine that this type of energy can be really uncomfortable in overly hierarchical, conservative environments, which is why we look to things like the tech sector. I think about how many progressive labor labor movements and practices come from the tech space. It's like you experiment with everything there first. Remote work, four-day work weeks, offering yoga classes on the office, having cafeterias on site, like a lot of like the really awesome like perks that you get from working in the tech sector are really about modernizing and reforming the way that we take care of employees and that we attract employees to work for us. And this is really honoring that Aquarian nature of like, let's just try it. Let's explore, let's experiment. And so this is where I think that Again, I am a traditional astrologer, and so I look to Saturn as the ruler of Aquarius, and I think about the idea of still wanting to exist in structured environments that have rules and governances, but it's still forward thinking, and this is where it's a little bit Uranian. It's a little bit mad scientist, right? Like, well, what if we were to try this? What if we were to experiment with this? You know, what if we were to like get a test group? figure out what works and what doesn't work, collect actual data around it, and then make decisions off of that information. And actually, people analytics, I think a lot about Aquarius with people analytics because you're getting all of the data. It's very data-driven. It's very scientific. And that's a little bit more of that like coldness or detachment that you might feel with Saturn being connected to this zodiac sign and the expression of it. Um, it's cold, it's detached, and it's viewing people in more of like a scientific or quantitative way. But it's also about driving change. It's about making decisions based on people analytics. This is where the idea of employee listening makes so much sense for Aquarius, in my opinion, because you're creating a digital platform where employees have the opportunity to share their ideas, to have their voice heard, and then you get to aggregate it and tell a story with that data in order to drive change and to create a work environment, which is really built by the people for the people. You know what I mean? Um, I don't always think about government when I think about Aquarius, but it is more of that democratic philosophy of we're all coming together. We all get to make a decision on this. Capricorn Saturn is like there's a figurehead, like a CEO, and then all decisions get routed through that one bottleneck. Aquarius is more like having a board of directors. It's like having a, like a council of elders. It's about spreading the power to the people. And so you think about more of these democratic societies, which again, in the tech sector, I just see it a little bit more. Now, candidly, I work closer to it. That's the industry I've been in more regularly as a professional. 
But I definitely didn't see that or feel that when I was in banking and finance. I definitely did not feel that when I was working in higher ed. And that was, it didn't even feel like a possibility when I was working in retail or hospitality and tourism because the frontline employees are way disconnected from where the decisions are being made. And you see like a flattening of the org hierarchy. You see like a flattening of the structure where Everyone, again, gets to have a voice and gets to have an influence on their experience at work. And so you're going to notice Aquarius energy when you observe like a group of people coming together to really drive and initiate change. I think about employee resource groups as well. The concept that within one massive organizational culture, you can find these sub pockets of culture and these employees coming together with maybe like an executive champion or something that really works to drive change within the organization, whether it's updating, you know, diversity and equity training, whether it's identifying opportunities to do humanitarian efforts within, you know, a regional or global family. These giving back initiatives are all very Aquarian in nature. In terms of the Clifton Strengths Finder signature themes, this was actually a really interesting thing that I observed is that the majority of the clients that I was doing this type of reading with had futuristic in their top five, like signature themes from the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment. And all of them had some type of prominence in Aquarius, especially if it had a supportive aspect from one of their like big three. Um, so if their son, for example, was forming a supportive aspect to an Aquarian placement in their chart, then futuristic was really coming up and was a really prominent theme for them and a really important expression of their personal values and how they showed up in the workplace. And so because Aquarius is an air sign, when it comes to the Gallup organization's domains of leadership, where they group and categorize the 34 signature themes into four categories. And again, if this is a new episode for you, um, then I've drawn a correlation between the four domains of leadership and the four elements. And so strategic thinking connects us to the air element, because again, air is all about our ideas. It's our beliefs and ideologies and the way that we communicate using language to connect with other people. And that's very much strategic thinking. Right. So yeah, for Aquarius, I like reviewed the signature themes again and I was like, Oh, futuristic seems really on the nose. Like, let me see if I can find another one that I think makes a lot of sense. And I could, but I also found that like I was forcing it. And so we're just going to stick with futuristic because again, it came up with the clients that I was working with. I think this is where it's really that beautiful like transition from Saturn as the ruling planet and Uranus as a ruling planet in more modern astrology techniques. It's about understanding what you can build off of your existing structure and how you can drive improvements um, from what is already happening. And so here are some things about the futuristic signature theme coming directly from the Gallup organization. They say, people exceptionally talented in the futuristic theme are inspired by the future and what could be. They energize others with their visions of the future. And I love this again because I want you to go back and think about the archetype of Aquarius and how like the imagery is really important here. It's a person pouring water into another body of water. And that's this idea of like energizing others with visions of your future, pouring from yourself into the collective conscious 
and getting people expired about the possibility of what could be right. It's that forward thinking energy. It's that progressive nature of Aquarius. And it's also that idealistic perspective. It's, it's again, different from Pisces because it's not the same as having like your head in the clouds or not having like a grounded perspective on things. It really is coming from more of like an analytical perspective because all of the air signs are more logical based. They're not emotional like water. And so it really is about like the strategic thinking perspective. It's not just the, wouldn't it be nice if it's, Hey, we could really make this happen if, right? That's Saturn being the ruler. We could really build something. We could materialize it. We could create something with all of these ideas. If we put in a little bit of effort and time, and again, leaning into the Uranian quality is if you just open up to the possibilities, if you just try it, if you're just willing to destabilize what exists right now, think about how we could reform this. Aquarius energy is not inventive. Aquarius energy is innovative. It's taking what already exists and it's improving it and changing it and adjusting it to either make it more progressive, more modern. And again, really driven by this idea of equity, right? This social equity concept. I love this line from the Gallup organization as well. When you're looking at the report for futuristic as a signature theme, they say, practice, choose your words carefully, make the picture as vivid as possible. People will want to latch on to the hope that you bring. And again, this just feels so Aquarian when Aquarian energy is expressed in maybe you could say it's most potent, it's most practiced and it's most divine form, then it is clear and it's driven by legitimate like research. And, uh, you know, that that's the fixed quality again, like fixed air is like I've really committed myself to this right? It's, it's unmoving. It's unchanging. It's like a, a circling cyclone that actually doesn't move and just stays in one place. It's really powerful. The, the swirl of these ideas and these concepts, but it's rooting down into one area. It's not shifting and getting distracted. It's like, this is really important. This is really important. And I want you to believe in the possibility as well, which means that I need to speak very clearly and rationally, and I need to be persuasive. But the way that Aquarius is going to persuade is not like the fire elements where it's influencing. Um, it's going to be more like, here's the evidence, right? Here's the analytics. Here's the data that proves that this is possible and that will give you a preview of the outcome. And that's what people are really going to latch on to. This was so cool when I was doing the strengths in the natal chart readings for people. And if you're not familiar with what that is, my very first podcast episode ever at the Corporate Coven, episode number one, my pilot was actually discussing the strengths in the natal chart and the moment that I made the correlation between the elements as well as the zodiac archetypes through the signature themes and the four domains of leadership. Because this is an assessment that I've been exposed to since 2008 when I started college and I've taken it numerous times I've used it with students. I've used it with professionals. I used it when I led mentoring programs in the tech sector. Um, I, I love the Clifton Strengths Finder and I love connecting with people through the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment. One of my clients, though, with a really prominent, I think futuristic was their number one. 
and we had our meeting right before an Aquarius full moon. And they were a recent people leader. They had recently been promoted, I think. And part of why they were getting the reading is they said, I want to understand like what's the best way for me to show up as a people leader, to really organize my team in a meaningful and impactful way and get them really excited about my vision, which sounds so futuristic, but also very Aquarian, doesn't it? And it was so amazing, the timing, because we were able to identify like this upcoming full moon. And I told them, I was like, this day would be the perfect day to hold like a, like a town hall type of a meeting where you get your team together and you introduce yourself as a unique leader to the team, but you also get to know them in really meaningful ways. And then you paint the picture, you tell them your vision statement, you tell them what you believe that team could be and how you can make a real impact in the organization, but like prioritize doing it on the full moon. Cause this is a moment when the luminaries, the celestial bodies, the astrology weather is really giving you like a spotlight to share your futuristic strength and to express your innate Aquarian energy. And it was that Aquarius placement where the gift of futuristic was coming from in this person's natal chart. And it was such gorgeous timing. Like I was so pleased with it. And um, again, like this is where I was like so excited to offer it and why I'm going to be bringing it back as a 2023 offering. And so if you want to know what your signature themes are and how they correlate to your natal chart, and again, the value and the benefit of connecting them to your natal chart is now you can use it as a calendar system. You can identify when some of your signature themes will be experienced in the balcony or the basement. I can't actually remember if I have referenced the concept of balconies and basements before on these podcast episodes. So I'm going to do a quick introduction to that just in case I haven't before. But the Clifton Strengths Finder, with all of the 34 signature themes, there has been some work to identify how this strength can be expressed as a strength versus when it might show up as a weakness. And I've coached people in interview coaching where you're getting ready to go and answer the interview question, what is your greatest strength or what is your greatest weakness? And I actually published a LinkedIn article about this as well. But your strengths and weaknesses are actually the exact same thing. It's just different faces of the same coin. And this is really expressed beautifully in the balcony and basement descriptor. So when a strength is in the balcony, it's elevated up. It's witnessed, um, you know, people are like looking up to you and they see this as a strength and the sun is shining on it and it's really visible. And this is usually a strength that has been developed and matured or refined in some way. Whereas when a strength exists in the basement, it's the idea that maybe it's hidden, it's raw, it's immature and underdeveloped. And it's not seen well. And this is actually when it can be experienced as a weakness. And I share again in my pilot episode of this podcast, I share what my experience was with one of my top signature themes. So in futuristic, uh, when it shows up in the balcony, it can be imaginative. It's very creative. And we use the words like visionary. Um, you could also maybe say like prophetic because it's like very forward thinking, isn't it? And so people in the workplace who are really like celebrated for having the futuristic signature theme and people recognize it as a strength. These are visionary leaders. These are people who come forward and 
are like the head of major, you know, reforms and modernization in the workplace. Again, we think about like the tech leaders here that are experimenting with four day work weeks and remote work for their employees that are testing and trying things out with their benefits packages and the way that they attract and retain talent that do employee listening and engagement really, really well in the basement. This is sometimes feeling like, you know, you live in the future, but not the present. Uh, you know, you're so forward thinking, but you're not grounded in what's happening right now. And so there's a disconnect in where that innovation can come from. It's like you want to do all of these things, but we don't have budget for it. We don't have access to it. We don't have the tools that we need. We don't have the right people in place. Like, I hear you, but we can't make this a reality. It feels like maybe there's a lack of that pragmatism. And that's, again, like that Saturnian uh, the need for the Saturnian energy in the expression of the futuristic strength, it needs to be realistic, right? Like it needs to be logical. It needs to be uh, grounded somehow in our reality. And so sometimes, you know, when Aquarian energy is observed in the workplace as a weakness or in the basement, then it's like someone who's living on fantasy Island. And actually like this makes me think of, I've just been seeing a lot of posts about this, like, on Instagram, on TikTok, people talking about like, I wasn't meant to work. I was just meant to vibe. And I I read that and I'm like, part of me, look, like part of me totally gets that. I'll be honest. Like I have my days too. I know I'm like that witch from work and I'm the corporate coven. And you know, I love the world of work and I'm the HR lady and all that other shit. But look, I for sure have my days where I'm like, I just want to go sit in a field somewhere and chill and eat and like play with my dogs or something. Like I have those moments as well. But just the idea that like we were not meant to work or labor in this lifetime, I'm like, we have the sixth house for a reason. And we like, who's going to make your food? Are you going to make you like even making your own food or feeding the people that are important to you is an act of labor and service. So when people say like, I'm not meant to work, I'm like, yeah, you are like everyone is. How silly. But that's that fantasy island thing of just like you live in a fantasy world like that makes no sense to me. And that's again, it's like. It's out in left field. It doesn't make sense. It's lacking the reality. It's not grounded in the present of what is, you know, you can't make something possible until you can find a pathway there and, and a really good futuristic strength knows where that pathway is. And that's again, where the strategic thinking comes in. If you're just thinking or you're just philosophizing or is that even a word? I don't know. But if you're just like positioning something out into the future um, but you're not being strategic with it. You're not like aligning people and tools and resources to really make that material. Then it's it's not a strength, is it? It's actually just uh, really, I want to say, like kind of useless. It's just fantasy land at that point. And you can't bring people with you if you can't show them the steps to take to get there. So some prominent people that I think have a unique expression of this Aquarian nature and the way that it influenced their career. One of them that came up is Orson Welles. Orson Welles has his North Node, Moon, and Uranus, as well as the Midheaven in Aquarius. And he's best known for um, his work in Citizen Kane, right? Which he co-wrote, produced, directed, and he starred in as well. And one of the ways that I think that this is a really fascinating expression of the Aquarian nature is that Citizen Kane receives, like received and continues to receive a lot of attention because um, it was really like kind of progressive and forward thinking in the way that the story was being told and the type of story that was being told, right? 
um, one of the things that it reject it rejected right like the traditional linear storytelling archetype which again would be more of that capricorn it's like we have a beginning we have an end there's a clear process and order of events going against the grain and moving away from the chronological narrative uh in this one the story is told through flashbacks and it's like a lot of different people's points of view right which again it's like the idea of using a bunch of people to tell a story and the perspectives that they had, which is that, again, it's very Aquarian, like this is what has existed, but this is how we're going to do it instead. And doing that through like storytelling is really interesting. There was also a lot of experimentation done specifically through like the cinematography, which is more of that Uranian expression of Aquarius, right? It was like using a lot of unorthodox methods and unique camera angles and really trying to get things from like a lot of different perspectives and really bringing in the idea of like, let's just try this. What if we did this instead? And it was a new way of telling a story that conveyed ideas to a bunch of different people. It also sparked a lot of controversy, which Aquarian tends to do, right? Like when you are going against the grain, when you're trying to change something, then you're going to feel a lot of opposition against that. And Aquarians are used to that. And, um, you know, Aquarius is one of those like really difficult signs. Like when you have like really prominent Aquarius placements and we think about trauma of some kind, like a big T or a little T trauma, but it's really the idea of what you expected to be there was not that way. Um, and that creates a disconnect. Like, you know, when expectations are not met, it can be really difficult depending on what the expectation was. If the expectation was to be safe and you are not safe, that could be like a really big T trauma, right? If the expectation was that the story would be chronological and linear and it's not, that's a very little, that's a very, very little T, right? But it's just the idea that when something isn't what we expect it to be, we're impacted in that way and we're put on the defensive or we're made to feel like we need to be prepared for the difference in our external environment. This is what evolution does for us. And so there was a lot of controversy around Citizen Kane, but now it's i'm not like a movie person i'm not like a film buff but it's left a legacy and it's really changed a lot of the way that we tell stories now through film and cinema i think that marissa mayer is another really interesting example she has a really fascinating configuration in her chart so um a little backstory with marissa mayer if you're not familiar she is the i believe she's still the current ceo of yahoo um, she was a longtime executive and spokesperson for Google. So again, we see this really prominently in the tech sector. She was ranked eighth on the list of America's most powerful businesswomen of 2013 by Fortune magazine. And even the idea of being like a really prominent woman in business is still pretty forward thinking and progressive. If you consider that there are still more CEOs named John than there are female CEOs. And so here's what she has going on in her chart that I think is just like really interesting. Marissa is a Gemini rising and we feel pretty confident with her birth time. So she has four degrees Gemini rising. She has her son at eight degrees Gemini and she has Mercury and Gemini as well, all in the first house. But this is forming a trine, a supportive aspect to 
her moon, which is at 10 degrees Aquarius, and her midheaven at 7 degrees Aquarius. So this is, again, going to give Marissa. I wouldn't be surprised if she has futuristic as one of her top signature themes. And she definitely is going to have a dominance in strategic thinking in terms of the domains of leadership. This ability to be really innovative and progressive and to use ideas to organize and lead groups of people. Okay, and actually, she's not the... um She's not still currently connected with Yahoo. I guess she like co-founded something. She has a relationship with Verizon. Anyways, like really brilliant, innovative, forward thinking, and kind of like pioneering woman in the tech space. So really excited to see, um, you know, her come up with this really strong Aquarian placement and also seeing how it's supported by her son and her ascendant sign. She also has quite a bit of scandal attached to her name. And so, um, you know, this is just, again, to say that, like, all of these zodiac signs, as well as the signature themes, can be expressed in a multitude of ways. And think about all of them, again, existing on a spectrum, the balcony and the basement, the shadow and the light, the mature and the immature, the developed and the underdeveloped, right? So, if you are feeling ex like Aquarian nature in the workplace, you might be thinking, wow, this person is visionary, futuristic, forward thinking. And at other times you might think, wow, this person has no feet on the ground. They are living in fantasy land and it makes no sense. You might notice Aquarian energy because they're coming forward demanding that you update the dress code because it's 2023 and tons of people have facial piercings or something along those lines. But we have to be grateful and try to honor Aquarian energy where it expresses itself because it it's really what takes us into the future. I've been talking so much on my podcast about how Saturn moving through the sign of Aquarius has really highlighted the ways which we need to restructure and organize our labor for labor force and to move away from exploitative work environments and instead find equity in the way that we conduct our work. And that's through innovation. That's through trial and error. I have a podcast episode out about the UK's experience experiment with the four-day work week. Um, I talked about a popular TikToker who does bare minimum Mondays and people really trying to reorganize their time and employers are having to react to this and to curate a work environment that honors the employee experience. And I'm so passionate about employee listening. I have my North Nodes in Aquarius as well. So I am biased. Like I am a fanatic over Aquarian energy and all of the positive things that it can bring. But it's also important to be aware that Aquarian energy left unchecked or in its most raw and immature form can just recreate systems of exploitation uh, if it's not living into those ideals or if it doesn't come from a true place of being grounded and being open to innovation. Otherwise, like you're just rebuilding the same wall over and over and over again, right? So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was interesting. Again, if you are curious about the strengths in the natal chart, go listen to my pilot episode. And if you want to take advantage of that offering when I open my books for it again, then make sure that you're connected with me on socials. IG is that witch from work. TikTok is the corporate coven. And as always, you can see what I'm up to on my website, thatwitchfromwork.com. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Corporate Coven podcast.
I hope you enjoyed it and gained valuable insights into the world of personal and professional alchemy. If you want to stay updated on the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and turn on notifications. I'd also love to connect with you on social media, and you can visit my website, www.thatwitchfromwork.com to find other ways to connect and work with me. I'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics, so please let me know in the comments on this episode what you're interested in. Until next time, keep working your magic and casting spells of success in your career and life.